works for me. Hello, everyone, and welcome down to episode number 80 of Whee! the Down South Photo Show. With me, mm-hmm. Brendan Waits, here in Ocean Grove, Victoria, Australia, unlike my background. And the other guy in the other screen or in your other ear, if you are listening to the show, it's Cam Blake in Hobart, Tasmania. Good to see you, Cam. Good to see you, Brendan. It uh, feels like it's been months since we've both spoken. That's right. But it's, only, it's only been two weeks. We probably should apologise to our viewers and listening audience for having a week off, but we had a week off. Yeah, we every time we have a week off, I always get a message from someone. I used someone. <laughs> I won't. I won't name names, but someone sometimes sends me. Not all the time, but they send me a blank YouTube screen. Right. And just go, where are you? Mm. I'm like, all right, okay. It, so it wouldn't be wouldn't be someone with the initials TP, would it? No, no. That the, did you hear what happened to TP? What happened to TP? TP got engaged. Oh, congratulations, TP. Uh, well, well, to be honest, I'm in shock that someone would say yes. Yeah, very cryptically, I sent him a Facebook Messenger message to say congratulations, and he replied back, for what? <laughs> and I just went, I don't know now. Yeah, oh, yeah, is it all a hoax? <laughs> anyway, we don't talk about TP, and we don't talk no. about that other podcast that doesn't mention us. No. Uh, Rumour has it they're actually stopping. They're shutting down the show. That's what yeah, I heard today. I would be too. When you can't keep up with us, you know. Yeah, yeah that, that's from the horse's mouth. That's just what happens. That's fine. Mm. Anyway. Uh, now, you've been a busy beaver. We've both been busy beavers, but you have mm. in particular with some workshop tours and stuff like that you've been, and that's why we haven't been able to converse. Yeah. Um, I think last week when we tried to record, you were on Flinders Island? I was on Flinders Island. We could have almost recorded, but it was just a bit sketchy with the reception. Yeah. And of course we run a high quality show here. I didn't want to we do. I didn't I didn't want to I didn't want to, you know, cut corners or run the risk of being, you know, but uh, 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 all the way yeah. through the show. So Yeah, exactly. Or run the risk of me not hitting record. Yeah. Well, I guess what I've only I've only just pressed record on the audio, but you might have to <laughs> you, you might have to pick that up off the other recording. No, anyway. that's fine. I yeah. I'm a wizard with that sort of stuff these days, Cam. You know this. Mm-hmm. Sure uh, right. So Flinders Island followed closely by. Uh Flinders Island came back for a day. Uh then I was off to the Tarkine. Mm-hmm. Uh back for a day, off to Bruny Island tomorrow. <laughs> so Crikey. Crikey, I'm, I'm starting. I'm feeling pretty tired. I'm pretty knackered, I'm, but I, I'll get a relatively decent sleep tonight. Uh, Bruni Island's a small little workshop, so that should be okay. But yeah. And then after that, well, I think we're a week off or so, then we're up to you, I think. Hasn't that rolled around quickly? Yeah, that's Crazy. nuts. Yeah. King's birthday weekend, long yeah. weekend, Saturday mm. and Sunday. Sorry, both sold out, folks. But uh, anyway, mm. we... Uh, we will put our heads together and probably launch the summer version of that again at some point. So uh, yeah, stay we will. tuned. Yeah. So we got, um, so I get back on this 28th. So yeah, we've got a little bit of time. We've got a couple of weeks before yeah. that. So very good. Um, yeah. I'm looking forward to them. Um, yeah. yeah. We're not, we're not here to plug workshops though, are we? We're we not. Did we did enough of that in the last episode. Yeah. Um, Bruno oh, Island. Yeah. That's, that's a close one for you. Yes. Sorry. That, you're going to say. I was just going to say just on that Murray Mallee workshop from October the 12th to 16th. Yes. Um, I we had two spots left. Mm-hmm. Um, I reckon those two spots are going to go in the next two weeks. Is my guess. Okay. Um, unless people get in quicker, you know, it's first in, first serve. But I had some customers on these workshops um, who are just going back to work out whether or not they can get their horses babysat, and whether or not drive, <laughs> <laughs> whether or not driving to Swan Hill is too far to go, um, before or after Beefort, whenever it is. So. Yes. If you're listening to this tomorrow on Friday, the 26th of May, and you were thinking about the Murray Mallee, go book a spot. There's two left, but yeah. I would suggest they'll be gone soon. 
uh, I reckon we'll have those uh, sold up pretty quick. Anyway, uh, as I say, we're, we're not here to plug workshops, but there yeah. we are plugging workshops. That's fine. That's what we do. That's good. We plug stuff. We've got to pay the bills, right? Well, we just talked about that, weren't we? <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. It's that time of the year. It is tax time. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. Yes. Um, anyway, how have you been? You've been good. You've been busy too. Yeah, look, it's been it's been a busy time. Um, so we went through all the the Mother's Day kerfuffle, and then uh, sorry, I shouldn't call it kerfuffle. I was going to say people, that's probably not the word that makes people coming sound in like to print they're... photos for their mums, which was cool. So yeah. um, framing up a lot of stuff. Uh, today, I took delivery of seven hundred and thirty-five kilograms of frames. A ton of frames, almost. Just about. That's what it said on the invoice. So, um, well, the delivery our, docket is that from our good friend profile. Very yeah, good. So, good. so what profile frames who do not sponsor the show, but they should. I move enough of their product. Um, mm, so, so right. Australian made, ready made frames. So, we yes. sell them at uh, Camera and Photo, and they are without question the best ready made frames in Australia uh, mm. that I have seen. They're, they're very consistent and their quality is very, very high. So, yeah, I restocked all my frames after Mother's Day. So, I've been busy getting all those up. And well, it was, was looking a bit bare the day I was there. I think I mentioned that yeah, to you. It, that, mm. it got worse than that when you, mm. <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, but we finally got it all back into stock. So, I spent a yep. lot of the day merchandising and got all that done. Mm-hmm. And then this evening, I was, uh, I ran my entry level SLR workshop. Um, yeah, which was great. Had four participants tonight. Yep. Um, it's a two-hour workshop that I run at the shop, uh, just basically to get people up and running. Mm. Uh, it's like you know, entry-level, proper entry-level workshop where we give you the foundation for better photography. Um, it's been, uh, it's always gets very, very well received, and tonight was no exception. So, excellent. I love it, but it did run late, and then I had to fly home and do the podcast, which I love doing as well. So that's fine. It's all good stuff. And here I was just waiting for you in with bated breath to to get jump online, just you know, staying up, burning the candle at both ends, just so you can that's right run a workshop. Um, uh, yes, yeah, I'll just ignore that. Uh, backgrounds, shall we? <laughs> shall we tell everyone where our backgrounds are? Yeah, yeah. Why not? Uh, go you on. go first. You, I'll go first. You go first. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Let me just switch to that mode there. So, oh, hang on, I've got to cover it up, don't I? There we go. Um, where the hell am? I? Oh, this is in uh, this is in Tasmania. This is in the Derwent Valley in Tasmania. So when I was down there after I did the Overland, I had four days down there with the Fam Bam, and we went and did a bit of cruise. We actually covered quite a bit of territory out of Hobart. It was cool. Yeah, um, yeah. Really enjoyed going up to the Derwent Valley. So we headed up to Mount Field, which you go through the Derwent Valley to get to Mount Field National Park. Spent the sort of I don't know a few hours there. And then on the way back, of course, we had all the golden light coming through, the incredible autumn colours that you get in the Derwent Valley. Um, and this was a spot that, I don't know, Ken, did you tip me off about this spot? I can't remember. I think you might have. I don't, I think, no, you said... I don't think I actually did tip you off about that spot. I told right. you to go out that way, but I think right. that lookout you found all by yourself. Okay. Um, okay. But you're, Yeah, you're no, right. no, you're right. Yeah. I did, yeah. So mm-hmm. I came back up. This is sort of between the Derwent Valley and the highway. I can tell you it's right between uh, a town called Bushy Park. Yes. And most people, you can go via New Norfolk and out through Bushy Park to mm-hmm. get to Mount Field, or you can also go out through uh, New Norfolk, but you cross over the other side of the river and then you go up and then go around. There's, there's two ways to get out to Mount Field. That's right. and you're, and you came back one way, and that's that's probably the nicest view of the Derwent Valley there. You've done well. Oh, it's a magnificent spot. Mm-hmm. I got some great photos from there. And um as I say, I had the family with me. They loved it. They yeah. actually, it was for the first time. I think my kids are old enough now to appreciate it. Yeah. And um, my son was actually standing there with me, who's 14. 
and and he was like you you really like this stuff don't you dad and it's like yes son you, and he's yeah. like i think i can see why <laughs> yeah yeah it is good yeah. when you get a scene that maybe oh, for lack of a better word non-photographers can go oh wow that's really pretty yeah then you yeah. know then you know that's they right. get it yeah you're probably doing something right yeah because most of the time they look at us and like what are you looking at like, <laughs> like what are you taking what... photos what are you taking photos of we, oh. i don't see what you're seeing so yeah my wife does that all the time she's like what oh okay yeah okay i see it yeah right yeah uh yeah. your background cameron uh my background quickly i'll cover that up if i can uh so this is from the tarkman workshop this is about three days ago uh, this is a nice little walk down to a place called Lake Chisholm. Uh, they're all sinkhole lakes in that region. It's a very big sinkhole region. But this walk is just incredible all the way down to the lake. And it's got some beautiful man ferns you can see in the background. But the thing I like about this little walk is those ferns, the little ground ferns, you don't really get them anywhere else in the tar kind apart from this walk. And they just look really cool. And they go all different colours and stuff like that. So there's a nice bit of light filtering through, nice big tree root on the left-hand side. And... Yeah, just explaining the. I was sort of sort of explaining to the guest the guests there that you know look for the light that you cat that you see. So if you see some light on the side of this tree where we are, there's really nice light down there. Sort of exposed for that light, and the rest sort of just does what it has to do. Um, and the, yeah, we had a really nice day there. We had a lot of rain. We had rain almost every day in the Tarkine, uh, which worked really well. The forests um, just they're just spectacular, and the fungi like the amount of yeah. fungi we saw like. We, we we did this walk. It's called the Julius River Walk. It's about a 500-metre, 600-metre circuit, just a circuit around this beautiful uh, beautiful forest. We spent two and a half hours there, and two customers of mine, wonderful customers, um, from the car got no further than 50 metres for, <laughs> for the two and a half hours because yep. it was just fungi galore all the way and down. I bet you they got hundreds of photos. They got hundreds of photos. Uh, one of the ladies, Frances, had the new 90mm macro Olympus Pro lens. <laughs> so she was, she was playing with that. Uh, Victoria, another customer, she was using her 60mm macro and she had a bit of a play with the new IM1 that I had as well. So, but yeah, it's the Tarkine's great. It's an amazing spot. Um, if you haven't been there, there was actually, while we are there, and this wasn't planned, um, there's a show on Channel 7, it was called Outsiders or something like that. It was okay. a, a whole episode on the Tarkheim with Bob Brown and Charles Woolley. Uh, ah, no, I saw that advertised. I want to catch up with that. Yeah, so do I. We didn't get to watch it. It was going on in the background um, the other day, and um, we're like, oh, that's the, the episode about this thing, where we are, yeah. and we never got around to it. But I actually saw, um, I actually saw Charles Woolley in Roseberry, uh, the day that he was filming that he was in the in the main street and I was doing another trip a nice guy um it's it's spotlight it's called the show spotlight um it so must yeah. be what happens when you go to Tasmania you meet Charles Woolley because I I met him in Hobart as well well on your trip that you just did no no on my honeymoon oh. in 2001 oh right okay well, <laughs> he probably he probably moves pretty slow yeah well <laughs> um, right. it was actually funny we we're in the main street and this is on the trip that I did with Singh a couple of weeks ago yep and we're walking through Roseberry and we're walking up the street. I'm like, there's all these film crews doing, and they were sticking these big suction caps on the front of their car window and stuff like that. And Charles Woolley was sitting in the driver's seat and he looked over and we're like, hey, you know, as you do, hey, mate, how you going? Yeah. And he goes, I feel like a bloody queen in doing this. And I said, King, you mean? He goes, oh, yes, King. So, because you don't look like a queen. <laughs> and we had a bit, of a, a bit of a chuckle, but yeah. So, yeah, if you want to watch something, Look up the Tarkine Channel 7 uh, spotlight. It's all about the importance of that region. Yeah, you've been telling uh, the listeners a lot about the Tarkine. And mm. um, 
in your own little way, you highlight the importance of these areas by yeah. taking people there to mm. photograph them and showing them what they're all about. Um, you know, I, I've definitely got a new appreciation for the wilderness in Tasmania after our little jaunt mm. a few weeks ago. Yeah. Which, you know, it sort of opened my eyes to just how stunning it really is. Well, for those that are interested, again, this is not a plug, but next <laughs> next next April, you you and I are going to be doing something in the Tarkon in the Cradle Mountain area. I'm um, I'm very excited. This is this. Mm. Are, we, are we leaking this already? I don't know. I'm let's so just tired. Leave, let's I, just I'm leave so it tired. I could be I could be leaking myself. I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, that's that's a teaser of maybe a Tarkon Cradle thing, maybe yeah. next April yeah. sometime. Yes, I'm very excited by the, in great anticipation of that. Let's talk photography. It's only been 48 minutes since we started the show, so we might as well. Better than another show where they talk for five hours and don't talk I thought, about um, I thought it'd be uh, an interesting, um, an interesting, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, interesting thing to do, an interesting um, thing to do to, to rebuild our photography kits. So, oh, okay. um, yeah. yeah, 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 like a, um, you know, we're, we're going like a hypothetical where if we mm-hmm. wanted to restart, so basically someone stole all our gear, everything we own, bastards. Mm. Yeah. Today, they just some that gone. Right. Um, where would we start? What would we rebuild it with? Like, would we mm. rebuild it with what we've already got? Would we look somewhere else? Would we? Uh, money is no object. I was going to say, do we have a budget? No, no, money's no object because mm, okay. I think. Well, okay, maybe we could maybe we could do two kits. Maybe we could do a budget kit, and maybe we can do a, a dream kit. Right. If you like. Okay. Be, yeah, an interesting exercise mm. is the word yeah. we're looking for. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it would be interesting. Um, I think. Um, if you want me to go first, I can start well, prepping on. Well, I want you, want you to... to go first, but I want you to uh, go with the budget angle. And the reason I say that is okay. because we get asked a lot, you do and I do, yeah. about yes, we do. what camera should I buy? What lens should I get? Mm. What, you know? Yep. Um, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see where you take it and where I take it. But let's let's start with you. So Let, give, and, give, and, us, and... give us a roughy short of budget. You're not, you're not talking... You know, you're talking camera lenses and stuff like yeah, that. I'm not talking eighty dollars here. No. Yeah, yeah. I, you're talking like under ten thousand or something like that. No, no. I'm gonna no. I'm gonna say under two thousand. Under two thousand. So you've got you've got two grand to yep. spend on yep. on a kit that will yep. that will keep you mm-hmm. in the business of a landscape of being a landscape photographer. Cameron, what do you buy? And this is unscripted and off the cuff. Totally unscripted. <laughs> <laughs> um, where, where would you where would you go with it? What where would you start? I think I would I would stay true to what I had stolen. <laughs> um, <laughs> I would stay true to probably still getting an Olympus kit. Yep. Um, I would do something like the EM1 Mark II. Yep. And and the 12 mil f2 little fixed focal length lens if i if i was purely just going to go do landscape and i wasn't having to worry about maybe doing commercial or weddings and all that kind of jazz yeah um i want to go with the landscape theme because you know yeah because it's a landscape yeah so i I would go the em1 mark ii with the 12 mil f2 lens i think that's a really great little light compact cheap kit that will give you excellent results in that field of landscape that 12 mil f2 lens so for those playing along at home uh so olympus or om system is now called but they were called olympus when they made the om1 mark ii so let's call yep. them olympus yep. um 
they use the micro four thirds sensor. So it's a uh, compact sensor in these cameras, which gives you a two times multiplying effect to your lens. So a 12 mil F2 lens is effectively a 24 mil F2 lens. So um, still pretty wide. I think 24 mil is a pretty versatile landscape. I I reckon 24 mil is almost my most common focal Mm. length for landscape. Right. Um, So, yeah. Why do you reckon that is? Any um, ideas? uh, I think, I I know with, it took me a while, and and this is probably me just in general, but it took me a while to change to what, you know, like there's all, there was a big shift to really ultra wide lenses at some stage. So, it yep. went from traditionally sort of being 24, 21 mil. And then it started going like to 18 and 16 mil where you get these super wide um, yep. shots. And I always sort of frayed away from them. And I think I think it comes back to the film days. I think I used to shoot a lot of my 24 mil Zuko lens on my film camera. That was my, I love that lens. And it just gave me enough width, gave me enough to play with. They were generally a really good sort of lens to have. Um, and you could sort of get a fair bit in your shot, like waterfalls or portrait or landscape, whatever you wanted to do. So 24 mil to me um, was pretty good. If I look now, though, if I quickly go back to my photos and have a look at the last couple of years, 21 mil is probably my most common. All right. But but I very rarely go more wider than that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so I, 24 mil, I think, would give you enough for landscapes, whether or not it's a forest, a beachscape, um, a waterfall, whatever it might be. I reckon um, um, the 24 mil, well, I stand to be corrected here, but as far as I can tell, is the one that most closely mimics the human's vision. Now, I'm not talking peripheral. I'm talking yeah. vision straight in front of you. I reckon right. if you if you put your yeah. hands out like that and you're looking, it's it's around. It looks around that 24 mil angle. Yeah, so, I thought I thought, and I might be wrong, and you might be wrong. We might both be wrong. I thought the human eye was around about 35 mil. 38, okay. 38 oh, maybe mil, I'm counting like too much too much peripheral vision. Maybe maybe your brain's got a half sensor or something. Yeah, like that. I, I haven't looked that up by the way. I'm just no, looking I, and I saying, think, okay, that looks about 24 mil. I, I actually think it's more than that now. I think about I think it's about 43, 44 mil, which is oh, what really? our, which is what I normally see. Yeah, that's pretty tight. It is pretty tight. Um, yeah. but yeah, 24 mil uh, EM1 Mark II, and I just did a quick Google search on what it's worth. <laughs> yep, and I reckon I've scraped in under two grand. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, what you would you would you would push your budget and get that camera and just the one lens. If I was purely doing landscape, if landscape was yeah, my only okay. thing, no, no, yeah. um, I would. And then, if I could get one second hand, though, if I could, <laughs> I, I would chuck in a second lens, which would be the seventy-five mil one point eight Olympus lens. Yeah. Nice. Which is a which is a one fifty equivalent. Yep. Those those two lenses would sort you out for landscape photography forever. Yeah. Well, there and, you go. And, there's a there's a pro tip for you folks. If you're looking to, you know, get into landscape photography and shoot the way this guy does, then, mm-hmm. you know, Olympus OM1 Mark II. Well, to give you an idea as well, that that really quite popular Aurora shot I did of the tessellated pavement. Yes. EM1 Mark II, 12mm F2 lens. And so many shots around that sort of era, like five, six years ago that I put out there that did really well, were mm-hmm. all shot on that combination. It was just, it was almost like shooting fish in a barrel with that combination. It's like, oh, there's an X shot, bang. There's another yeah. good shot, bang. Yeah. But yeah, that 7518, I reckon you could squeeze that in secondhand under two grand, that whole yeah. kit. It's a good setup. And it's funny you? you should, well, I was just thinking while you were talking there, 
what I actually used for probably the last a yeah, good part of the last 10 years. And that was my trusty old Nikon D5200 with the yeah. 10 to 20. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And seriously, man, I should have spot welded that lens to the front of the camera. I never took it off. It was yeah. always there when I was shooting. Yeah. Now, Nikon being a little bit different in terms of their sensor because they use the APS-C size sensor. So you get a 1.6 times multi multiplier. So yeah. 10 mil was 16 mil. So yeah. 10 to 20, so 16 to 32. Uh, yeah. Sorry, 16 to 40. Uh, roughly. Uh, mm. I had the f3.5 version of that lens, which was great um, for not so much Astro or anything like that, but definitely for wide angle yeah. uh, and for, and for you know, relatively low light, like sunsets and that sort of stuff. But I reckon you're right. I think I would, I would, I would hanker for a, an f2 or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, that, that the Nikon D5200 and a Sigma 10 to 20 lens yeah. I reckon you'd buy that now for 800 bucks total, yeah. both, both, which is incredible, which so then you, would give you, you a I was gonna say scope. You, you go and get a, a zoom lens. I, I think traditionally I've always invested more money in the glass. So, mm. well, maybe not necessarily the quality of the glass, but just more of it. So what I would do is, yeah, definitely look at a zoom lens. If I was going to go to um, your system, the OM or Olympus system, I think I would look at an EM5 Mark III, the EM5 Mark III. Oh, the new one. EM1. Yeah, oh, the new Yeah. Get the 12 mil, as you say, which I, I do love that lens. And funny you should say, um, I sold one of those today, the 12 mil F2. Oh, there you go. There you go. Um, yeah. Because a lady asked me what she should get for it. Anyway, long story, you won't go there. Yeah. I would then, I would add, though, the one that I took on the Overland, which was the 40 to 150, their kit lens. Yeah, yeah. Now, a lot of people are going to go, well, why the hell would you bother? Like, that's a $200 lens. Yeah. When I was hiking, that was incredibly versatile to have that yeah. lens with me and have a focal range of 80 to 300. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's well, nuts, you know, isn't it? It's it's so good. And look, mm. I mean, the photos that I got using that lens, they're not going to win any awards or whatever. We're going to talk yeah. about awards next week, aren't we? Photo comps Yes, we are going to talk about awards next week. We yeah. have to. Us, yeah. Um, but yeah, I just found that kit. So I had the eight to 25 and then the 40 to 150. So I actually had a gap. I mm. didn't, even, didn't even realize that I had a gap, but I did yeah. have a gap. <laughs> but I found that lens so good for just whipping it out and zooming in on, you know, the mist rising off the forest floor that day, yeah. Um, yeah. that sort of stuff and isolating scenes in the distance. So this shot behind me, for example, I want to isolate one of those poplars, for example. Yeah, you could do that quite comfortably. That's right. <laughs> Actually, that little group of poplars right across there, that'd look pretty yep. cool in isolation, a little bit of yep. red behind them. And that there sort is of a bit stuff. of red, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but anyway, <clears throat> that's if I went to the Olympus system. If I stuck with like a Nikon system, mate, Nikon or Canon, mm. secondhand? Well, it's <laughs> interesting. How it's many inter lenses do you want? Yeah, exactly right. Um, it's interesting though, like we've both come up with different, different camera brands, so to speak, and different yeah. cameras. Yeah. You, you've you gone for two zoom lenses. Yeah. I've gone for two fixed focal lenses. That's right. Two primes, and, yeah. Two primes. And the only reason why I would, if I had a limited budget, go prime is generally the prime lenses are sharper and there's less yeah. glass and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, And I also like the challenge of not having, you're restricted. I like the idea of being restricted. Yeah. Um, and we, I do it on workshops. We'll probably do it on the Murray Mallee as well, where we'll say to people, right, guess what? For the next hour, you can use 200 mil only. That's it. Yep. Start looking differently. And we did it on the Tarkon workshop. We did it on the Flinders Ranges work, uh, Flinders Island workshop. 
you just put people in a different mode for a while at a different focal length and you can actually see like you can you can hear the cogs ticking in the head yeah. it's like okay how am I, okay what 200 mil like we're doing landscape photography how am i going to do 200 mil and within about five minutes people are like oh wow look at that bit on the mountain up there bang look at that little bit down there bang and yeah so that's where with that kit I, i'd like to keep them fixed focal and and i think that would help my photography improve a bit if i was yeah. going to start again yeah so to speak well, the, the good thing is they didn't steal your experience they didn't steal my knowledge no that's right they, they only stole your gear so yeah. um well yeah case, I, I, I just buy an iphone then well that's right Exactly, like yeah. I did last year. Yeah, that's right. no, I, I I tend to tend to agree with you there. Um, mm. That you know, being married to a fixed focal length, particularly to seventy five, that would be yeah. a real challenge. Mm. Um, but having what is it, seventy five f two? No, it's a one point eight. Holy smokes, seventy five one point eight. It's a, it's a stunning length. I'm 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 thinking out loud in my head here because that's what I do. I got to go to Bruny Island for three days. Mm-hmm. How about I how about I do a challenge of using only those two lenses on the OM one for the whole trip. Done. And then come and then we'll put some examples up on the Facebook page and that's yep. Maybe say really well. which is gonna annoy me because we're doing a boat cruise around the bottom of the island. And you know you <laughs> where you need a big long lens sometimes you watch there'll be a big <laughs> a great bloody whale or jump out of the water. It'll be the best shot you've ever you've never taken. Be the best shot I've ever seen with I haven't been able to take. But maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll challenge myself. I'll take the OM one, the yep. twelve F two and the seventy five one eight. Yeah. And that's it for the trip, and that's all I'll shoot. And I think it'll be a good experiment. I think yeah. people should try and do that as well. Maybe no, no, I, I agree. I think it will open your eyes. And sometimes uh, I'm a lazy photographer. I know I am, but uh, I am prone to sometimes zooming in rather than using my feet, mm. uh, which has uh, ramifications with my images in terms of um, even in terms of hyperfocal distance, but in terms mm. of using the um, you know when you, you lens compression as well so zooming yep. in and compressing rather than opening up the subject and actually getting separation where yep. you should like mm-hmm. all of a sudden now that rock intersects with the horizon you muppet yeah that's right <laughs> you know? yeah yeah so it's, it's a bit it makes a big difference um yeah i think also just just while we're talking about that um if people want to share photos of what they do I, there's one thing we probably haven't pushed too much on this show we've got this beautiful great little community of people or 535 on YouTube and a whole heap on other things. But we do have a Facebook page. It's the Down South Photo Show Facebook page. If you do want to chuck some photos on that page, like we talk about what we do and where we go and shoot and we show our backgrounds, I'd love to see what people can do. So just get on there. You can post up a photo. I think we let people post photos up there. Um, Put it up there. Tell us where it is. Tell us what camera it is. Tell us what you like or don't like about the shot. It'd be great to see a little bit of a a collection of uh, viewers and, and followers' images go up there. So go check it out. I'd love to see it too. I'd love to see it, and and particularly if you've got a shot that you might have battled with, and you weren't, you know, and you need some advice, chuck it yeah. up there. We'll yeah, yeah, we'll happily have a look and tell you what we think. Yeah, um, you know, um, sometimes it might even be dead honest yeah. critique. Yeah, it's okay. Because at the moment, all we've, all we've got up there is our boring, crappy photos. Yeah, exactly. Who needs that? Yeah, dime a dozen, really. Okay, yeah. so let's switch things up here. Now yeah. you don't have a budget. So now I don't have a budget. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's it's sort of it's, it's a it's a tricky one, isn't it? You you start mm. thinking, oh well, I'll get this, this, and this, but hang on a minute, mm. we're still landscape photographers. We still want to stay relatively mobile. Yeah, um, you know, well, it's um, fun, it's funny you have like, and and again, I was talking to the people on the Tarkon about our show that they were all people that listened in, which is great. Um, but 
they all said, oh, how much do you script your show? I said, really? We get on like 30 seconds before. <laughs> we hang shit on each other for about 30 seconds. And That's then right. And it. then we record. Then we record. And I, I quickly glazed over this today, what the what the run sheet was going to be. And I saw this and really didn't put much thought to it. But on the Tarkine, um, I had a really good conversation about the cameras I have. So I've had like Fujis and the Leicas and the Olympus. But if I had an no, un, unlimited budget of camera, and I hand on heart, this is going to sound like it's the worst plug of all time, but I would probably still stick with my OM1 at the moment. Yeah. And I would just buy as many of the pro lenses as I could for that camera because yeah. with the Olympus camera, and it's maybe just something I'm really used to, and I'm sure people use Canon, Nikon, Sony, whatever it might be, they're the same. But I just take more photos and better photos with this system. Uh, like it's a, it's hands down stands out with like, if I look over the, the history of what I've done over the last 10, 20 years, the greater shots that I think I've taken have all been on that system. So it works for me. It works for portability, lightweight, weatherproofing. I think the lenses are really nice. You know, I've just printed, been printing a few photos for customers today up to A2 off the Olympus, no problem. So if I had an unlimited budget, I'd still stick with the, probably the Olympus system I had now. You know, I've got this Leica sitting next to me here, which is worth a, a squillion dollars. Yeah. It's great. The quality is fantastic, but it's a bit cumbersome. It's a lot slower. So if I, that was me, it's a shit answer to the question. I know you're probably looking for me to come out and say something else, but no, I, I, I think I would stick to, and um, just over the last few weeks, last maybe the last month, I've sort of once again re fallen in love again with this system that, that Olympus or OM have brought yeah. out because it just works for what I like to do. I get, I get nice results that I love. So if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Took the words right out of my mouth. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, I think for me, if if the budget was unlimited, um, so, you know, avid listeners will know that I've gone back to the OM system. Uh, yes. mate, look, and without question, there's a lot of your, your influence in that. I mean, oh, you know. Sorry I, about that. <laughs> well, <laughs> part of the reason why, and it's a small reason why I went down that path is you and I are going to end up doing a few workshops together. We already have, we're doing more, Yeah, yeah. you know, it would be counterintuitive. I think for, you know, it's great for us to be able to share lenses. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. And you, I yeah. oh, so you using got... me for my lenses. Yeah, of course. That's exactly, that's all of this yeah. can. That's exactly yeah. right. Um, <laughs> but having said that, I also think it would be counterintuitive for us both just to stick with one brand yeah. Um, yeah. for, for teaching reasons. So yeah. Yeah, if it, if it were if it were up to me, I, I would I would uh, put I'm going to be a, I'm going to get some splinters here and be a fence sitter. Gosh, uh, that OM5 that I've got, I yep. am smitten with that camera. I yep. love it. I think yep. it's awesome. I I'm so glad I went for that over the OM1 Mark III, purely for portability, size, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, it nailed everything I needed it to nail on the on the overland and so yep. far the the other shots i've been getting back home can't i love it uh it's mm. probably because i used olympus way back in the day so the learning curve was quite shallow for me yeah however <laughs> i i think i would if again if a budget was no option i do think i would end up with some kind of full frame system now yeah whether that be sony nikon or canon i don't yep. know the Nikon Z series, uh, the Z8 that's just been launched, is getting very, very good wraps. Is that the really the we'll eight thousand dollars price in a minute? Eight thousand um, dollars. Yep. Remember, I've got unlimited money here. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it and it's it's no you know it's no secret that you know the high end Nikon their their nano coated lenses mm. are fantastic, yeah. as are the Canon R series lenses. Yeah. There's also this little company called Sony that make you know the Z7. Uh, sorry, Z7. Listen to me. A7 series cameras. So the A7 yeah. Mark III, yeah. the A7 Mark IV. Their G Master lenses are yeah. absolutely phenomenal. They're brilliant. G, G, G for great. But I'll tell you that is G for great. The, the, I'll tell you the reason I don't have them. It's because they're too freaking expensive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and 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 this it's, it's interesting that you've sort of gone that path a bit as well because. I again, I don't know how many conversations I've had over the last few months about this full frame versus no yep. full frame. Yep. And there, I think there's a real hang up in the industry that people just are still hung up on full frame. Yeah. And full frame generally means megapixels. And I, I just don't like someone was talking to me on the on the other workshop the other day about going to the Canon, the R6, which is a small body. Yeah. Um, but they were, they were going to, they, they did, they spent the money, they bought the camera and they saved, they went, Oh, I just want something a bit smaller. And they saved like 150 grams because the lenses were still so big on the front. Yeah. So I don't know, like it's, it's, it's interesting that people, the full frame conversation still comes up these days. Like we've said it, you've said it a thousand times, the megapixel race has been run, run and done it's over. It's overdone. And, and people, you know, once people accept that, then the other full frame conversation is well, I can crop a lot heavier if I want. I've got more pixels to play with. Yeah. And the only comeback comeback I have to that is well, if that was me, I'd probably change lenses and do it optically yeah. and through the camera. Yeah. But it's interesting that full frame still gets uh air to airtime. I'm I'm still surprised even now that full frame still gets as much airtime as it does. Because I think we've I think we've proven and you know the proofs in the pudding of what people do. I think it's been proven that you know Fuji's or the you know the crop sensor Nikon's and Canons and all those ones can still create amazing images able to be printed and that's that's it that's the game like it's as long as you can print them out big and be happy with them yeah so yeah it's 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 an interesting one yeah i still think um this is why i said i'll get splinters i'll have a foot firmly in both camps because i've used both systems and i mm. and i know they're great um yeah. they're both great um yeah. but it can sometimes be horses for courses as well Mm. Uh, so for example if I, I do think if i was if i was to set up a portrait studio and i was yeah. shooting weddings where skin tones <clears> where <throat> uh, detail particularly on a bride's face for example um yeah. i i firmly believe there is no substitute for full frame in that kind of scenario yeah um i think you know the level of detail that you get and when you're shooting a wedding or we shoot and we're a landscape show so i get that mm -hmm. there's yeah. an asterisk here but when you're shooting portrait work in particular and you're shooting on the fly like at a wedding and then you want to edit and you do want to zoom and crop with the image that you've got after the fact yeah you, you didn't think to change lenses or you just didn't have a chance to change lenses that's where you'll find the majority now of portrait and wedding photographers are shooting full frame yeah normally for that reason but you're not going to take that gear on the overland track you're not going to take that gear on a mm. hike anywhere you, you know that's mm. where the compact gear of olympus and their micro four-thirds system piss yep. all over it because yep. they're you know they're just they're so much more convenient and easier to travel with so a question for you i'm just thinking are us as photographers landscape weddings whatever we are we are we buying camera gear to satisfy our own needs 
or are we buying camera gear to satisfy what the customer requires? Uh, both. I, th- I think there's a bit of both. There's there's room for both. <clears throat> because I think, you know, you think of wedding photography, portrait photography, all that kind of stuff. And we've had this conversation as well about, you know, photographers don't buy landscape photographs. It's people just yeah. walking off the street like it. Yeah. So a wedding photographer hires me to do a wedding and they get their photos back. They're not thinking, gee, that one looks like it's being cropped in a bit from a full no. frame shot. They're like, look at the emotion on my face. Look how beautiful I look. Or look at Nan in the back, you know, all these kind of you know things that go through their head. The only time that I think it needs to be critical with with quality of images or quality of file in regards to sharpness and things like that is if you're doing real high-end commercial work yeah. where, where the client is going, well, this needs to go on a billboard and they've got the magnifying glass having a look. But I think these days that I think photographers are more passionate about uh, about fulfilling their own wants out of a camera instead of maybe looking more externally to saying, what who am I shooting for? What am I using the images for? And are they going to care if it's full frame or not full frame or a thousand megapixels or 20 megapixels? So I think there's a little, I think we get a bit bogged down in our own, I guess, uh, you know, full of our own, I don't know, whatever it is, uh, thoughts on what camera we need to get to satisfy what we think we want to do. Yeah. I th- that I makes think, sense. I think, I think what you're talking about there a little bit, is to do with marketing as well mm-hmm. and the way yep. these cameras are promoted and marketed. Um, yep. You got to look through that. Um, yeah. And and you've really got to, if you're in the market for new gear or secondhand gear, whatever, you got to sit down and make a list and say, what do I shoot? What yep. do I want to shoot? What's the main thrust behind what I'm doing here? Mm. And I think, yeah, again, this is a landscape show. So let's, let's stick with that. But, you know, in terms of how good, and we keep coming back to the OM system because we both use it, but how, how good it is, it's 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 totally fine. For, you know, yeah. it, it, it handles pretty much everything, we, pretty much anything we want to throw at it. Um, yeah. There's only, there's only been, I can count on one hand, a number of instances where I have, you know, on, I'm unlikely to go back to some of the places I've been to in the last couple of months um, and, and in that particular light to shoot it again. So I've only got yeah. what I've got. And, yeah. you know, there were, I reckon there was five, six photos from the Overland, for example. And I'm like, ah, I just wouldn't have minded a little bit more detail, a bit more resolution on that part. So I can zoom and crop. That's yeah. by the by though. I'm still happy with the photo. Mm. Yeah. It's just the extra bit of versatility I would have given. Yeah. Here's another story for you real quick. A customer came in today. So a uh, lovely young lady, just been married, got her wedding photos back. Um, Beautiful photographer did a fantastic job. Uh, I don't even know who they were, but they did a brilliant job. Some of the photos were great. However, she brought up a photo on the screen on my on you know the photo kiosk I've got there. She brought yep. up the photo on the screen. She goes, "I absolutely love this photo. It's the best pose that the photographer captured." However, it's this massive wide angle shot, and it's got the church behind them, and they're this big in the frame. Yeah. And she goes, "So I zoomed in on it, and all the details gone. You know." Yep. Yeah, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, that's it. I want to check and see what they shot with, and everything was shot on an APS-C size sensor, yeah. which kind of surprised me. With the shots were awesome, but mm. they used a small sensor camera. So yeah. there's a case in point where yeah. had they shot that on full frame, yeah, then that versatility would have been there. It was funny mm. though because she said, "Oh, it's such a shame because that's my favorite photo." Yeah, 
I of course talked her into getting a massive canvas, so it didn't matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good job. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. That's what I do. So uh, yeah, it's it's yeah. yeah. But it's 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 few and far between the instances mm. of that. Like you said at the top, you uh, you've fallen back in love again with that Olympus gear, and there's a mm. reason for that. It's because it's so bloody user friendly and yeah. as versatile but, as you need it to be. Exactly, it, it, it meets my needs, and that, that's what I'm trying to get at. Like that camera, meet it's a you know it's a half frame sensor when you look at it. Yeah, but it, it meets my needs of what I need to do as a pro- working professional photographer. Yeah. So I always sort of question myself when I see people go out and buy the biggest full frame they can get for the amount of money, like the new Nikon, you know, the $8,000 camera people. I'm going to buy, they're going to buy that just so they can go out and take happy snaps of holidays or, you know, take some nicer shots or they might be quite, you know, quite proficient at at taking landscapes or whatever it might be. And then they don't do anything with them. They just put them on a computer and that's it. Like that's their hobby. That's their hobby and that's their love and that's their passion. And if you've got the money to spend on the newest and greatest things, then fantastic. But what I think you're saying before about marketing is exactly right. People, yeah. and there's that fear of missing out or you don't want to be the person who doesn't have the full frame. That's I can remember a classic example when I bought the first Fuji GFX 50, which is the medium format. Yeah. And I was on a tourism junket out to Strawn out on the West Coast here. And they'd flown, Tourism Tassie had flown all these big Instagrammers in from all around Australia to do a three-day junket. And I was just lucky enough to be invited and I knew before I went, I had this camera. I'm like, I'm going to take it. And I knew as soon as I would pull it out of the bag, people would be like, oh, what's that? What's that? And we're sitting on this old railway line that goes between Strawn and Queenstown, this old beautiful wilderness railway. And I pulled it out of the bag. And within seconds, it was like bees to a honeypot. What's that? Look, give me a look at that sensor. How big is that sensor? How big, 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 big? And I told them, I showed them the sensor. And like, they're like, oh, my God, that's incredible. That's like, that's the best camera. I'm like... No, it's not. I said, maybe the person using it might be okay. I said, but that's just a tool. It's just a camera. Yes, I've got, oh, you'll be able to crop the shit out of things. I'm like, I don't want to crop the shit out of things. I want to shoot it properly. So it's it's almost like, you know, like cars, people rock up in a Ferrari and like, oh, wow, you must be rich and really famous and do all that kind of stuff. But they don't drive the car properly. They don't put it on a racetrack. They don't do anything like that. So that, that I always keep coming back to that sort of thing that, you know, I think we need to move away from megapixels, full frames and all that kind of stuff. I agree with what you're saying about, you know, cropping in for a wedding photo or doing something like that. And, you know, they may be few and far between in scenarios where that happens. But for us landscape photographers, really, I don't think it makes any difference anymore. Let, let me give you a scenario. So the photo behind you there, for example, yep. let's yep. say you so you shot that on your Olympus, I'm assuming. Yep. Yes, it let's is, say yeah. I stood beside you and mm-hmm. I shot my the exact same photo on a A7 for Sony yep. full frame with their G Master 24 to 70. And then we, by some weird coincidence, happen to have both our photos fully framed in a gallery side by side. Yep. Do you think the buyer is going to go, I'll take that one? I'll tell like, you what, not- though. I'll tell you what. <laughs> Though I'll, I'll put it this way: that if the person was a photographer, a hobbyist, or a photographer yeah, hobbyist, who aren't going to buy it anyway, well, they might. But what I reckon would sway them if it had, you know, let's call it Tarkine Forest. Both of us had the same title, yeah. Tarkine Lake Chisholm, blah, blah blah. Shot on Olympus, shot on Sony. I reckon they'd be swayed to go and buy the Sony one because they think it's a better shot. Yeah, it does. It looks exactly the same, but they think it's a better shot because it's on a full frame camera. 
Yeah, and if that, they're a that, photographer and they know. They yeah. know if they know gear yeah. or have an idea, or yeah. if it writ, wrote down the bottom full frame, 60 megapixels, yeah, that's half right. frame, 20 yeah. megapixels. Yeah. Even though it looks the same, people, and this is a human a human element that we look to go to the better or we think that the bigger is better type of thing. And it's I'm yeah. telling you, it's not. And people can save themselves a hell of a lot of money and they can sell it, save themselves a hell of a lot of weight and they can save themselves a hell of a lot of sore shoulders and stuff like that if they just move away from the thought that I need to buy a full frame lens with me- massive megapixels with big lenses to create lovely photos. You don't. We've yeah. proven it. You can do it on iPhones. You can do it on Fuji, Sony. It doesn't matter. It's the person using the camera and the knowledge behind the camera yeah. that makes the shot better. That's right. Let's see how far we can get off topic. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so back to our cameras. No, but that's yeah. It's yeah. A, it's a really interesting conversation, and again, you know, it's a good question to ask people if they had unlimited money, and people can put it in the comments below. I'd love to see what they come up with. Yeah, but if you had unlimited money, just tell us what body you'd buy, what camera body would you buy, and then you can, you can take all the lenses you want with it. But tell us what camera body you would buy and yeah. why. Yeah, and I would argue as well, when when it comes to the big brands, so Sony, Canon, Nikon, Olympus, Panasonic, Fuji, to a lesser extent, Pentax these days, the body is one thing. Their lens range, if you look across all of those Mm. manufacturers, their lens ranges are all pretty much the same. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and Sony bang on about G Master, Canon bang on about L Series, Nikon bang, bang on about their nano coating lenses and all what are they called? ED or whatever they're called. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, extra man, extra low dispersion. That's it. It's so yeah. hard to, you can't get the old struck match between them. Like they're, they're so similar. Yeah. And again, will it make an iota of difference to the end result nope. when someone's looking to purchase your photos or yeah. What, what have you got there? Cam, for those listening has just flashed a lens up on the screen. So this is a Leica 21 mil F 3.5 lens. It's a five. It's a five thousand dollar lens. It looks like a ten dollar cheapo <laughs> lens from the nineteen sixties. I, I put that up against when I had a few cameras in my possession. I put that up against my one hundred mil GFX twenty three mil lens, yep. and I put it up against that Olympus twelve mil lens. And I took the same shot, put them on a screen, left them at not a hundred percent. Didn't zoom in. Didn't zoom back. Sat back, and the only difference I could tell was a little bit of difference in color. Like from a distance, I could I couldn't say, "Geez, that's a lot sharper. That looks amazing." No, yeah. so yeah, yeah. it's it's yeah, enough. Uh, let's let's end this here. I've I've told this story before, but um, I went on uh, an Olympus day when I used to work for Camera House. And when on mm. Olympus day, we went to where did we go to? Werribee Zoo, you know, the open plain zoo. Oh, not, it's not not the Werribee shit farms. No, the Werribee Zoo. <laughs> and then we went, so we all got our photos at the zoo. We had giraffes and lions and hippos and all the whole bit. And then we went back to uh, some hotel in 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 near South Bank and we sat there and we had a little conference and we looked at the photos and they all said, okay, give us your best photos. We did that. And then they printed it on this super glossy paper, this Epson mm. brilliant, like in A1, big yeah. things, right? And they brought my photo that I took and they put it down in front of me and they handed me a magnifying glass. How dare they? Mm. And they said, here, have a look. And I said, why? Yeah. And they said, oh, so you can see that. I said, who does that? Yeah. What's, you know, because I've been selling photos for a long time and I'm like, people don't do this. Nobody cares. 
That's right. They, it's all about correct viewing distance, not what you're trying to do here. Yeah. You know, it's all about you put that canvas print or that photo frame photo on the wall. No one walks up to it within three millimeters. And goes, oh goodness me, that's sharp. Yeah. They, they take the whole scene in. That's how you shot it in the first place. So yeah, yeah. That just that just solidifies and validates your point that mm. it ain't what you got to say you use it. No. Um, and you know. And being a male, we all know that. <laughs> exactly right. Shall we move on? Well, one last point. I will wait. One really last point on that yeah, as well. well. Last last point. Last last point. Um, I've seen it over the last few months that um people and love them to death. They come on the workshops and they learn and that we have a great time. But they take the photo, they, they re replay the photo, the first button. What, what do you think the first button is after the play zoom. button? The, the, the scrolling zoom thing. They zoom in, zoom in, zoom in. And I keep telling these people, you're zooming in on a digital file on the back of a low resolution screen, one. Mm -hmm. Two, you're zooming in to like a thousand percent. Everything is soft at a thousand percent. So if that's you, if you're out there pixel peeping after every shot, stop. Leave it at a hundred percent. Make sure the composition's good. Make sure you've got everything framed up nice. Make sure you've got your polarizer turned the right way. Yeah. Get it get it right. And then when you get to your computer, pixel people away. But don't do it in field. Yeah. I'm leaving at that. Well done. Nice. Thanks. Um, yep. I think we can pass the gear talk thing because we've just basically ticked that off. Um, we got a photography horror story, Cam. I saw that. Is that real or did you make ages. it up? Did no, you make no, this, this up? Is, it's real. This is right. this is from Louise in Oxley, Queensland. My brother lives in Oxley. Right. Go ahead. I'm going to zoom. I'm going to Google map where Oxley is. Go yeah, ahead. it's in the western suburbs of Brisbane. Right, yeah. Hi, guys. Oh. Here's a horror story for you. Thanks, Louise. Mm. Uh, if you have a horror story, please send this in. Uh, in 2019, <laughs> I was lucky enough to go on a photography expedition to Antarctica. Ooh. One I'm, of je my, um, I'm jealous already. One of my students tonight is off to Antarctica in January. Uh, no. After four days of taking once-in-a-lifetime shots, I was in the Zodiac boat. Uh, that's a little inflatable thing, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, heading back to the main ship when we came across a flock of penguins. I quickly grabbed my camera out of my backpack and then proceeded to somehow fumble and drop the entire pack overboard Ooh. in Antarctica, no less. Lucky for me, a quick thinking passenger managed to snag my pack with an oar before it completely sank out of view. My 70 to 200 was a write-off, but my you Wow. But my used memory cards were retrievable. I honestly thought I'd lost everything, including all the photos, which is all I really cared about. Wow. It's sort of a it's a horror story with a semi-good ending. Saved, saved from the horror. I think we I've spoken about this recently about memory cards. And you yeah. know, just had, someone asked me the other day what's what version of Sandy's memory cards I buy. And I said, Oh, I think they're the extreme or whatever they are. Yeah. But I said they're almost bulletproof these days. You put them through the wash and all that kind of stuff. But that that's obviously gone into salt water. Yep, and survived. So, Retreat. yeah, I can I can imagine. I don't know Louise, obviously, or maybe I do. I don't think I do. Um, it's not Louise from the Walk, is it? No, no, she lives in Queensland, so. though. I think she, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hi, Louise from the Walk. Um, yeah, I can. You can just imagine the heart rate went pretty high once that happened. <laughs> Because that's not where you want to be losing anything. Oh, but I'd be exactly the same. I couldn't give a stuff about the gear. I want the photos. Like, I'm not yeah. going back to Antarctica. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's oh, good. Very good. But you yeah. notice that it's a 70 to 200, so clearly it's a cannon. Too heavy. Fell off. Yeah. But I, I'm, I'm very jealous. Uh, Antarctica's on my list to do in the next 10 years, I reckon. Nice. Um, 
if you have a photography horror story mm. or if you have a deer cam story, a question as well, feel free. Don't have a deer cam this week, but that's fine. We don't get them every week. That's fine. Um, <laughs> shall we mention beer donations? I think we have to this week. Yes, please. We are, we are no longer malnourished. We um, <laughs> uh, So we have two beer donations this week, uh, Mel Fantastic. and David. Um, David actually chucked in a slab. So Oh, David. Give it up for David. <laughs> Good work, Dave. Uh, well, well done, David. Um, so yeah, thank you. If you if you'd like to shout us a beer, you can start with a can, a pot, or a six pack, or a slab. But that's right. Um, David's going to keep us going for at least the next week, I reckon. So that's yep. awesome. And uh, a beer donation guarantees a shout out. You get a shout out. So yeah, if you want a shout out, maybe Chelsea should buy us a beer. <laughs> I wonder if Chelsea listens anymore. Maybe I should buy us one. See if I get a shout out to my own show. Well, you're starting to get shout outs in the horror stories and the and the deer can. I know, right? And Brendan. Yeah. So you've taken over that. But that's right. Um, yeah, I wonder if Chelsea would buy us a beer. I don't know what's going on with Chelsea these days. She very rarely talks to me. That's a lot of shout outs for Chelsea. She that gets is. more mentions than Mel. Chelsea's going, Chelsea's got and something. TP. Really, Chelsea's got something exciting going on at the moment. I know that for a fact, but I am not in a position to make that kind of call. So I shall shut up. Mm. Very good. Um what's coming up? Cam. You, oh, well, we know I've, you're off to Bruni Island tomorrow. I've got, I've got a massive day off, and then I, well, today day off, and then Bruni Island for three days. So it's a nice little short one. Uh, it's going to be wet and windy, but we are doing. Uh, if anyone's ever coming down to Tassie, uh, and you're not sure what you want to do, even if it's a weekend or a long time you're here, um, the Pennycott boat tours. They uh, they go out of Hobart, they go out of Bruni, and they go out of now down near Port Arthur. Uh, and they also go to Wilson's Promontory. They run a trip in Wilson's Promontory now. Um, they are like a, I'm going to say a 30-seat 30, 30 speedboat um, that goes all the way around the bottom of Bruni Island or all the way down to Tasman Island. They are one of the best things you can do in Tasmania. I've seen um, these things. Yeah, like I think they're about 150 bucks for the trip. It's about a three or four-hour trip, but you go all the way around the higher sea cliffs in Australia. You see seals, dolphins, albatross, eagles, if you're lucky, Wales. The other day they say they saw orcas just last week. Um, we're going to do that on Sunday, so that's a real highlight of this trip. Um, but we're down there for three is days. Is there any limitations yeah. with what camera gear you can take? You not really, but you don't want to be changing lenses. So it get and it is a bit bumpy, like it's a speed boat Jeepers. type of thing. But they oh. do stop the boat and they float around. And you get shots. All the different. You stop a thousand times along the way. All these amazing sort of parts of, um, of the of the coastline. Um, so it's going to be a bit wet and wild where we're on Bruni Island, but we're hoping to do maybe do some Astro and you know, fingers crossed an Aurora at the Bruni Island Lighthouse, which is quite popular. Fantastic. But uh, that might not happen, but the lighthouse and the views will be nice and moody. They also have albino wallabies on the island. Awesome. I'll hopefully get one of those with my 75mm camera because that's all I'm taking. Nice. Um, just going back to your boat, if you can't yeah. change lenses, could you take two bodies? You could take two bodies. Yeah, that's what I'd um, be doing. It's a tricky one, though, because you go under these huge sea cliffs. Like they're 400 metres above you, and they park the boats right under. So you, you can't. You need a wide angle to shoot them all. Yeah. But then when they turn the boat around, there's an albatross flying a kilometre right. in front of you. You need a long lens. Two bodies. So two bodies would be good. Um, I'm taking my 8 to 25 and my 100 to 400 when I do it. Yeah, that'd be pretty much 8 to 25. And I'd probably, probably might take the 300 F4 I've got. Ooh, so, nice. Yeah, but if you get too close to things, you're a bit screwed. So you might be right. Maybe the 100 to 400. And that's, that's cheaper in case, you know, like 
Louise, you drop it off the edge. That's right. You're only losing a 100 to 400, not a 300 F4. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, awesome. All right. Well, I guess that's the show. That's that's that's. What, we, what are you doing? It. Are you doing nothing? Oh, what well, good question. Thank you. Um, yeah, busy, 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 always busy. You know yeah. me. Um, yeah, loads more printing. Got uh, a, quite a substantial canvas order to get through. Um, mm. Scanning, Cameron. Right, like lit- scanning, scanning so much. Like negatives slides, and slides. Negatives, prints. I've got literally a shoebox of prints to scan tomorrow um, wow. for for a lady's 80th birthday. You know, you need a work experience kid to come and do them. Good, good idea. You could, you could ask TP to come across and come come across and scan for me. Yeah, he, he he's probably underqualified, but you could teach him. I, I've got four scanners tomorrow. They might all be in action. Have you got four scanners? No. Uh, two film scanners and two flatbeds. Yeah. Do you have one of the Nikon, the old Coolpix Nikon ones? No. Remember those? They were because the I've got knees. class. <laughs> no, the Nikon Coolpix ones were the bee's knees. Those... I, I remember them, yes. Yeah, we had them in the lab at Camera House. Yeah, um, no, you, know, you know what we should talk about on an episode in the next few weeks is maybe printing your landscape images. Because mm-hmm. I went, you know how every few weeks I send you an email saying, what the hell are the bloody settings I'm meant to have for my Epson <laughs> printer? I had another one of them today. I had to get some new ink and I put it in there and uh, all of a sudden the little pop-up print box just looked nothing like it used to. I'm like, what's yep. going on? But there'd been a new driver released for the uh, printer. Right. Because I couldn't get in to get the printer color management to turn off yep. and all that kind of stuff. But it might be interesting because we get a lot of questions on workshops about printing and how they print or where to send them to print. So maybe yep. we can try and do not so much a technical version of it, but maybe some options of cheaper printers to buy and paper yep. that you use and stuff like that. Absolutely. Can... Happy to happy to open up that little can of worms. Cool. That'll be fine. Yeah. Uh all right, that's it. That's the podcast. That's episode 80 of the Down South Photo Show. Um, you have a nice time on Bruni Island. <laughs> it's going to be cold. Yes. Uh, Jamie, my friend Jamie's coming on this one. He's co-hosting this one with me. Is this, I reckon, is, this I, the, I, is this the Jamie that I know? This is the Jamie you know. Yep. Uh, Say hello I, to him for me. I will. I've told him to make sure he brings the change of underwear and socks for this trip. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Mm. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, All right, we'll see you guys next week for episode 81. Bye for now. See you later.